0: What's going on? You're listening to Pick 6 here from Toronto. I'm Nolan Kangas, alongside David Crosby. It's
1: just the two of us,
0: David. There's no Bradshaw, and of course there's no Jeff. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, it should still be a fun show.
1: Bad boys, bad boys. <laughs> what you, okay, I won't sing for everyone.
0: A little bit of a, a throwback. This is what David and I obviously uh, used to do. Uh, last year but you know it's always fun getting a couple other guys on but you know what hasn't really been fun David is watching some of these teams who a lot of people thought were contenders and they are starting to really look like pretenders so let's kind of discuss about that David we have the Dallas Cowboys your team who that loss was like I remember texting you and saying this is humiliating this is one of the worst things I've ever seen
1: It, it was humiliating I mean Like I said before the game, if you thought I was defeated and ready to give up on that team before that that Jets loss, I still expected them to pull out a win there. And like I said a couple weeks ago, as long as Jason Garrett is running this team, I am out on my expectations. I think he has clearly shown uh, he's an average coach. And as long as he's there, this is an average team.
0: Yeah, that was just, uh, it was really ugly. And I think the one thing that kind of was almost like the dagger was definitely that Robbie Anderson 92 yard touchdown and why like what was the defense in that situation because all you know is I don't know if you're a big fan of Robbie Anderson I I think he's basically a slant speed guy or a fly he runs two routes just because he's he's quick he's not one of those you know Stephon Diggs guys just uh you know toot my own horn here because he played so well the other day but he can basically run every single route in the book that's not what Robbie Anderson is meant for and You play like that. He burned you.
1: You know, you know, I like Robbie Anderson Mm -hmm. more than most people. And I do think he's a pretty talented. He reminds me of Deshaun Jackson. I mean, that's that's the player that I see when I watch Robbie Anderson. I, I think that mistakes like that can happen to me. That wasn't the worst part of the game. I mean, obviously, the defense just wasn't thinking that they didn't have help over the top and that they couldn't stick with this guy when he's running down the field. I think when the Jets opened the scoring, what was it, three, four minutes into the game uh, with that Le'Veon Bell rush, I think as a defense, they just decided we're going to focus on stopping the run and we're going to make Darnold beat us, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah,
0: Darnold looked unbelievable in that that game, and I've never really been high on Sam. I always thought there was a couple other, uh, uh, some better quarterbacks in that draft class, but uh, he kind of shut me up a little bit the way he played. The Cleveland Browns, this has just been a, a very odd up-and-down story. Just ever, so much hype coming into the year of, with Odell. Baker coming off that rookie season. Nick Chubb. Oh, and now you got this new coach who's kind of elevated that offense. They just haven't looked great. La- last week wasn't so bad against the Seahawks. There were still a couple bad turnovers. And something I wanted to point out, too. Baker Mayfield leading the league in interceptions. What is he at, 11 now? Which, which is really, really bad. I saw something. Seven of his 11 interceptions have hit a receiver's hands first.
1: You know what I saw today? The Browns currently have the highest percentage of drop passes in the league. And when you think about the talent, the pass catching talent alone on that team, those guys you just mentioned, that's inexcusable. So far, they have dropped 18% of their passes. I know we haven't watched a ton of Dolphins football this year. I've Maybe caught a game and a half here and there, and we were joking how how terrible it must be for Josh Rosen because he's throwing you know throwing good balls and it's just hitting the receiver's hands and falling. They actually have a four percent less drop rate wow. than the Cleveland Browns right now that's a joke
0: and, and obviously a lot of the blame goes on Freddie Kitchens and Baker Mayfield. I think Baker does. Like we mentioned in that Rams game, he sees the ghost, starts rolling out right. Obviously, he was terrible against the 49ers, but boy, we didn't even know the 49ers were this good. But it, I hope not as much blame goes on him. He still makes some questionable decisions and you know, rushes into it. It almost throws it a little too hard sometimes, but we have to know that you know, it's these, some of these receivers aren't really helping him out at all. And another team, which was supposed to be the best offense we've ever seen, it was like the greatest show on turf, but redone. Um, with Sean McVay, the Rams looked awful.
1: And Well I'll tell you what, I got a few things to say about the Rams here, and they're probably the biggest surprise to me right now. But I gotta say a couple things about Cleveland here, uh that kind of jumped out to me what you said there. Baker Mayfield, obviously, you know, I've been talking up how good I think his arm is since the start of the year. I really like him as a quarterback. But I think a lot of times what goes underlooked is not your arm strength, but the touch that you can put on the ball. And Baker can't seem to throttle it back at all. Like when a guy is six yards away from him and all he needs to do is just dump off the ball, there's no defender within six yards. He is hammering that ball at his receiver, and it almost looks like he's catching them off guard. I think it was two or three weeks ago you mentioned he's throwing it a little too high. He seems to be sailing it over his receiver's heads, and I think that's just the product of him trying too hard. He's trying to fit the ball in exactly the spot where he needs it to go, and you don't need to do that on throws that are 5, 10 yards downfield where a defender's not draped all over him. I think they can still fix this. But boy, Freddie Kitchens, he's got to be feeling the heat because, I mean, that Seahawks loss, that was almost inexcusable. Uh, You know, to get out to that lead, it looked like the Browns were a sure thing to win that game, did it not? I mean, I can't hardly believe it. And the biggest disappointment, I mean, obviously, this offense is terrible. I thought this defense would also take a step this year, and they haven't done that whatsoever. I think they have so much talent on both sides of the ball, and for whatever reason, they just can't seem to get it done.
0: And I I think that comes to health a little bit, too, of Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward being out, so the secondary isn't 100% there. Uh, I I definitely thought we would see a little bit more from Olivier Vernon, because it's really been Miles Garrett, who obviously is uh, tied for the lead uh, league in uh, in sacks with nine. But other than that, there's nothing really going for this team at all, and I think everyone's starting to realize who's the star... Of this squad it's nick chubb nick chubb has been running like a madman and uh which is pretty good for me because i own him in a couple fantasy leagues
1: what happens when kareem hunt gets back though like it, it,
0: <laughs> i i think you turn kareem hunt into obviously i think he's more skilled than tariq cohen but almost like a lavian bell in the slot type guy because he can catch quite well so i think there's a, you know the odd time give nick chubb the break Right and let him rest, uh, make him be the two-down back, and when it's third down, if you need that short yardage, Kareem Hunt can just run forward, or you just run him on a couple slants. I, I think that's what's going to be key moving forward, and that'll be fun if this team goes smash-mouth, but again, they just made a trade and traded away Austin Corbett, who was, a, I believe he was a second rounder in the last year's
1: draft. And I mean, when you're trading away Lyman, and your line is as bad mm-hmm. as their line is, I don't get that at all, unless they... Thought to themselves, this guy is never going to be more than a practice squad player yeah. for us. I don't understand how you can give up on an on an offensive lineman that quickly.
0: Or I wonder if it's something where the guy on the practice squad or the second stringer is just as good, and just because he was such a like a second round pick, they maybe thought they could get more for him. I don't really know the situation.
1: I actually just saw a uh, an article here pop up that John Dorsey. Uh, suggested he's been trying to trade for Trent williams um now not that that's a center uh but maybe that was sort of the idea they're looking to clear a little bit of cap space maybe they're close with washington at bringing in uh williams who uh, I'm not sure what his cap hit would be but it's got to be over 11 12 million at this point it's a lot like i I
0: don't even i i, I don't even know. like obviously that would com- like help like 100 but it just I think there's way more issues to this team right now. And I think it kind of starts with the coaching. I don't really trust Freddie Kitchens at all. and I just think he makes a lot of bonehead decisions. And um, moving forward, obviously, I-, I do think when we're going to just break down these three teams, I think Cleveland, like you said, has the best chance to turn around because they're in the AFC. We don't know who's going to win the AFC North because we've seen a couple bad games by the Ravens, in large part, that game against Cleveland, where Cleveland and Nick Chubb just destroyed Baltimore. And then you come back, and Pittsburgh's looking a little bit better now. I'm not going to go in on the Chargers because, God, I hate watching them in Atlanta because they keep disappointing me. But let's talk about another Los Angeles team, the Rams. I have no idea what's going on because it this was something – they're like a win-now mode. Obviously, we'll talk about the trade. They just traded away Marcus Peters, got a linebacker, and they traded for Jalen Ramsey and gave away two first-rounders. That's not the only problem with this team right now.
1: You know what? I like and dislike this move mm. at the same time. This kind of reminds me uh for any poker players out there when you go all in on a hand and you know, you end up coming close and you lose and you've only got 20% of your chips left and you're basically like, well my last move was pretty much my all in. The next time I get a decent opportunity, a good hand, I have no choice but to double down and go all in again. And to me, that's exactly what the Rams did here. Obviously, giving up two more first-round picks hurts. But when you think about it, is either of those first-round picks going to turn into anything close to the talent that they're getting for Jalen Ramsey? And even if they did... They're probably not going to be that talented for two or three years down the road so I actually like this move for the Rams if they can re-sign Ramsey which I fully expect them to do anytime you give out two first round picks you better be re-signing that player as soon as possible I do like this move like you said though I think they have bigger issues and I would start with the offensive line
0: I think the offensive line is a big issue I think the biggest issue is how much money they're going to have Right, Todd Gurley, second highest paid running back in football. Jared Goff going to be the highest paid you know quarterback in football. Brandon Cooks, sixth highest receiver in football. They they love you know Robert Woods. They want to re him up. Obviously Cooper Cup. I think he's the most talented receiver on that roster. They're going to have to pay him. You you have the, the line Andrew Whitworth. I don't know how much longer he plays, but where is it going to stop? Right, you know Aaron what? Donald too.
1: You know what? I'm not concerned about the money, and here's why: in the NFL, money is just It's not even real. It's like a concept. You know, they can renegotiate contracts and they can push money to other years and they can turn it into signing Mm -hmm. bonuses. And seemingly guys who you think would never be traded or could never be traded, other teams are interested in them. I like the idea of collecting as many good assets as you possibly can. Where I do find issue is... The allocation of money to assets, I wouldn't necessarily consider to be building blocks. I totally agree with you. Cooper Cup is the best receiver on that team. And I think Robert Woods is expendable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I mean, at this point, I would probably keep Cooks. I think he's a good fit in that offense. But I think they can shuffle things around. That Todd Gurley contract, well, it's huge, I believe they can get out of it with no remaining cap hit two years from now. So, you know, if they manage to get back to the Super Bowl in the next two seasons, I don't think any of this is a problem.
0: I don't even see that happening, though, because the way Jared Goff is playing right now, and I love, you know, Goff. Obviously, they had that year of Jeff Fisher. looked awful. looked like a bust. And then he comes around with McVay the first year and the second year. I I thought he would be kind of an MVP caliber player this year. I thought, yeah, that's a pretty good bet. I might put some money on that because um, that, that was the only thing I was considering actually betting on was the MVP, because I thought Matt Ryan, if you look at the numbers, has actually been having a really good year other than a couple of high interceptions. But Jared Goff, I think it's seven touchdowns, seven inter- interceptions. That's awful, right? Just, and the thing that isn't even hurting this team, yeah, you know, Jalen Ramsey and Aqib Tlaib together is going to be kind of fun, even though Talib's not uh, a shell of the player he once was. Los Angeles allows 26 points per game. And you know who's lower than that? Bengals, awful. Giants, awful. Redskins, awful. Cardinals, awful. Buccaneers, we don't even know what team you're going to get. Falcons, Dolphins. It's all the worst teams in football.
1: I do think Jalen Ramsey is good enough that he is going to help turn this defense around in a big way. Uh I, I'm until I'm proven otherwise, until the Rams miss the playoffs, I will always believe in Wade Phillips. I think he is one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. And I think when you have Aaron Donald, they're going to figure it out. The problem is this offense, the way it was built in these past few years and Jared Goff having a bunch of time to, you know, complete passes, sit in the pocket. They had an unbelievable run game. They controlled the clock. They kept their defense off the field. I think that's the biggest issue now is this Rams team cannot control the clock. Their running game is nowhere near as good. Their offensive line is in shambles. Goff, under pressure, he is not the same quarterback. He cannot complete these throws when he's under pressure. And I think when your defense plays 32-plus minutes, I don't care how talented that defense is, it's going to be hard for you to win the game. So... You know, I I think it starts with the offense keeping their defense off the field long enough to keep them fresh.
0: I it's just it's going to be bizarre moving forward because now you're third in that division, and what Arizona is one game behind now just because they have that that, that tie. It, it's actually wild. I we discussed this. I think it was two weeks ago and we said, oh, who's going to be the favorite in the, in the division? Uh, or it was last week we said, is it going to be Seattle, L.A. or San Fran? And I think you and Bradshaw still said LA.
1: I'm, I'm still on LA. I still think what? it's going to be, I I know, I can't even, How? I still think they have the most talent and Todd Gurley obviously sat out this past week, which really hurt them. I think, you know, like I said, I think they've realized they're not talented enough to waltz into the playoffs. And I really feel like this is an all in year. Well, I understand this might not, be the nicest way to look at it. If you think about Todd Gurley's contract and what I'm saying with, you know, they have to pay him something like 17 million, uh, you know, in salary for the next couple of years. This is your all in time. You just traded two first round picks. Do you really think they're concerned about his long-term health? Like at this point, they've done everything they could. They held him out of some, um, like, you know, the playoffs last year, they minimized his touches. They've eased him into the season. At a certain point, you're just going to have to give Todd Gurley the ball and say, go get it, because we need you. And, you know, I I think that's what's going to happen. I really expect them to turn it around. Dude, I can't believe that.
0: They got a crap thrown down their throats last week. They looked awful. Goff had, like, what, 78 yards? They're going to have to play San Francisco again at Levi's Stadium. First of all, that stadium was filled in red and gold, so that was just embarrassing. You still have to face the Seahawks— the Ravens, the Bears, the Steelers look a little bit better. Your Cowboys. And honestly, shock of the week, the Bengals might win against L.A. I,
1: I, I can't see that ever happening. I, I'm going to have need to see. I know I said I couldn't believe the Jets were going to beat the Cowboys either. And, and you warned me. So, I mean, hey, anything's possible. But, man. The, the Bengals? Come on. The
0: Bengals? Uh, hey, I was high on the Bengals, and they looked bad. Zach Taylor, who knows Jared Goff better than Zach Taylor? Maybe McVeigh, but Zach Taylor knows everything about McVeigh now and his schemes. They're going to have to change up a lot. The Rams, they can't stop the run. Joe Mixon's going to have a bigger game. What if A.J. Green plays?
1: So what? I mean, you have a corner to put on him now, right? Like, you have somebody that can actually provide coverage. I, I think that... Um, when Ramsey was on versus off for the Jaguars offense, I believe they uh, were 10 points better in their defensive rating. Mm. This guy is a game changer. He is, yeah. And now when you have two game changers, like Aaron Donald to me is still one of the top three defenders in the league. You have two top 10 guys on your defense. And like I said, a great defensive coordinator, I believe they're going to turn it around and maybe they won't win their division, but I think they're, they're at least going to get a wild card, uh, and I, I still believe they can take the division.
0: They're just happy enough they're going into a bye this week so they can uh, have a couple moments to like, refresh it and then get Ramsey uh, kind of believing in that defense. I, I just still can't believe you think they're going to the win the division. Like, you don't believe in Russell Wilson?
1: I do, you know, I do believe in Russell Wilson, and I like Seattle. I think they do have a good chance. It's hard for me to get a feel for this Seattle team because so often you see them come out slow and get better as the season goes along. I feel like they have overachieved so far in this season. And let's not forget, while they did come back and beat the Browns, they were down to the Browns Mm -hmm. big time. So this is by no means a perfect team. This stretch of games, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that these first six weeks have been the best of Russell Wilson's career in succession. I don't mean the best game or the best performance, but the best six weeks yep. in a row. And I think he's due to regress a little bit. We'll see, but I think the Rams have a chance uh, of catching up.
0: Dude, the Niners have a pretty tough end to their year. I'm telling you right now, they're, what, 5-0? and They're, they're going to be 8-0. They're going to be 8-0 and then face Seattle. And that's going to be a tough game. It, it, it's between the 49ers if anything, is getting a wild card. But still, I don't, I don't believe in them enough. in the thing we talked about, these you know, teams, Cleveland, LA, and Dallas, they're all negatives in the turnover department. Obviously, you know, Baker Mayfield and the interceptions doesn't really help, and Goff and his turnover uh, issues so far. So of these three teams, who's in the most trouble? It seems like obviously you're not going to say LA because somehow you think they're the best in the division.
1: Uh, well, it's not that I think they are the best in the division. I think of those teams, they – They probably have the best chance of winning their division, which is crazy because the NFC East is like terrible. It's basically Mm. like if any one team can step up and win three straight games, then you know the division is yours. Basically, I think Cleveland has next to no chance of winning their division. I I think the Ravens are just a much better team, and I, I can't even believe I'm saying this, but I think the Steelers could could even catch the Browns. I think they'll finish second still in their division. Yeah, at, at this point for me, yeah, I, I don't know. I, maybe it's me and Dallas, but I, I think Dallas is absolutely screwed. Uh, really, I feel like if they stay on this track, there's, there's no great team in their division, and yet I have no faith that they can pull it together and, and beat the Eagles next week.
0: No, I, I'm, I'm going to take the Eagles all day in that game. I think they're going to bounce back a bit, but... Like, what is wrong with this team? Because their offense is actually looks good, right? There's just issues there sometimes of poor decisions. Because right now, like, oh, that's sorry. I was looking at defense. I was like, how did the how did the Dolphins lead in offensive yards per game? Uh, that would never happen. Dallas is second in the NFL in yards per game. Obviously, passing uh, over 300 yards, which is third, and running the ball. You know, they do that quite well in there and in the top ten. I but mean, it just, it, it's bizarre because Zeke isn't having his best year. It, it's some of the questionable calls they're going to make. But it, it's to me, I think it's been the defense that has let me down a little bit. I think they're—I thought their defense was going to be a lot better. And really, it's basically just throwing the young guys, Jalen Smith and uh, Leighton Van Der Esch out there saying, run around and collect as many tackles as you can because you know our secondary is not that good. Byron Jones, I think, is a talented player. But Demarcus Lawrence hasn't shown me anything this year. Realistically, if we're talking about their best defensive end or their best lineman, it's been Robert Quinn somehow, which is wild.
1: Yeah, You know, I think Demarcus Lawrence has a slow start to the season. He was a little bit banged up to start the year. I expect him to get better. Actually, I've been happy with the defensive performance overall so far. Um, this year going away from Sean Lee who who you know they had some experience with him on the sidelines obviously for the last few years but that's basically your defensive captain and you're taking a lot of responsibility away from him and going to the two young guys that you mentioned Vander Esch and Jalen Smith I mean in total total yards allowed they're ninth in defense yeah. uh, and points they're eighth I think that what this comes down to when you look at the Cowboys stats and you look at their their total yards. And like you said, this is the second ranked offense. This team is not built to air it out 50 times a game no. and rack up the score and then, you know, count on their defense on holding the other team to a field goal. That is not the team that you've built. The team you built is to have your defense on the field for 26 minutes a game, give Zeke 15 plus carries and beat a team 24 to 17, 24, 20. Like that is the style that they have built on their roster and they're not playing to it. And I don't know whether this is some, you know, strategy to make Dak look like a great quarterback so they can justify paying him a lot of money. I don't know if this is Jason Garrett trying to show his value to the organization and saying, you know, I can have a top three offense. I really don't understand what it is. But if the Cowboys keep relying on their passing game, yeah. this is exactly what's going to happen. They're going to keep their defense on the field too long. They're not going to have enough at the end of games to win, and they're going to get shut down. That, that's exactly what we've seen so far. I hope they go back to the running game. That's all I can say.
0: To me, I, I, I still think the Eagles are going to win this division. And isn't it crazy that the Giants, if they beat Arizona, and the Eagles beat Dallas – They're tied?
1: I told you. Man, I really do. And this is without Saquon Barkley. Yeah. This is... And no Golden Tate until week five. Uh Like, honestly, is this real life? Like, could the Giants actually win this division? It is possible. And it's not that Daniel Jones is, like, you know, an earth-shattering talent. He's been good. He hasn't been absolutely fantastic. I just think it's the rest of the division is so bad that the doors open. Like, Saquon Barkley... Is the best player in that division and, and I think yeah there's no reason you can count them out right now
0: obviously the Eagles I think they have so many holes right there and we're going to talk to that uh, talk about that in a little bit I think there's a silver lining in this for you and in that J- Jason Garrett will get fired and that's because your Cowboys are probably going to finish with double digit losses
1: but why why wait until the end of the season that's what I don't understand like we went through all yeah. those years where they lost. It, they did exactly that. They waited till the last game of the season. The Cowboys lost the final game. They missed the playoffs. Yeah. like I feel like we've been talking about this every single week yeah. since we met each other. Mm-hmm. When is Garrett going to get fired? What more could you possibly gain on you know Jason Garrett and what kind of a coach he is over the rest of the season? If they lose to the Eagles, what, why are you keeping him?
0: I don't know. I'm a, like Jason Garrett must have some dirt on Jerry. Like no one really knows. I think, to me, the boiling point would be a really bad loss, and, and that could have been. It could have been last week. Like you I don't. The suggest, Yeah. Team, like, yeah. That,
1: bad, that's or? bad. Because
0: we remember uh, Mike McCarthy got fired from Green Bay after the loss to Arizona. Like that was awful. But if you look at the Cowboys' schedule, let's Eagles' loss, Giants. They maybe. may they may have Saquon back, so you don't know. Yeah,
1: they're the, in New York for that.
0: The way Minnesota's playing, sorry, I'm going to give that a loss to the boys. Lions, probably a loss. Patriots, Patriots lost. Bills lost. Bears lost. Rams, uh, you're high on the Rams, but... <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is what I mean. Like, I, If I'm looking at this schedule right now, I, I see maybe...
0: One win. Redskins. I, one, you know one for I, sure. I,
1: I, I was going to say the Bears, but it's in Chicago. So, you know, even that, that's a tough call. Yeah. Like. You know, I do think they're a better team than the Bears right now. I do think they should beat Washington at the end of the season. And, you know, it's going to depend a lot on Sa- Saquon. They should beat the Giants. Um, if, you lose, if you lose to the Eagles, you go on a bye week. You give Jerry Jones, how long is that? Let's say seven to ten days yeah. to, to stew in, that, in that, that loss. That'll make it four straight losses. The Eagles now move up. You go on a bye week. You come back. You face the Giants. If you lose to the Giants,
0: he's got to be fired. He,
1: he has to be fired, right? Like there's yeah. there's no way that you can lose to the Jets, Eagles, Giants three weeks in a row, and, and somehow consider yourself that Jason Garrett is such a hot commodity in mm-hmm. this league, and another team would just be that. That's what else got me is when it's one thing to support your coach. I, I get that. And and I think Jerry is actually a great boss and he, he is somebody you would want to work for. He supports his employees. Like, you know, when Zeke got in trouble, he had Zeke's back. Whether he was right or not, he supported him in public. The exact same thing with Jason Garrett. When Jerry Jones says teams would be lining up to sign Jason Garrett, you lose all credibility. Yeah. Right, like, why, why are you taking it to that point? We everybody knows that this guy, nobody is gonna want to hire this guy.
0: I I think the players have lost because you know you see all the guys tweeting about it too. To says like, how have you been doing this for this long? Like, it makes no sense. And you saw coming off the field, here comes Jason Garrett, the clapper, and waiting for the high fives, and they just look at him and don't even acknowledge him.
1: When Terrell, and Terrell Owens, by the way, one of my favorite players ever to watch, when Terrell Owens is the most sane voice in the room, you have a problem because, man, that guy says some off-the-wall stuff, and when he's the sanest voice in the room, Cowboys, come on, Jerry, look in the mirror, man. What is going on right now?
0: And isn't that crazy that Cowboys, who I thought were definitely a playoff team, uh, at least a wild card, we're talking about they are the most in trouble just because Cleveland, I, I think Cleveland's going gonna to get more comfortable as they move forward. They're a young team. They're not really experienced at all. Maybe adding Kareem Hunt helps, and they're in the AFC North, which is a really bad division. You look at the Rams. They were in the Super Bowl last year. We, we think they can turn it around. I don't know. There's going to be some issues. Maybe getting Jalen Ramsey helps a lot and motivates them. Da- i i can't see dallas make the playoffs now this is really ugly and i do feel bad for you uh a little bit because it's just it's the same thing over and over again
1: well thanks man we can uh we can commiserate the next time Kirk cousins blows a game
0: well yeah that's probably going to happen uh, sooner or later but let's get to some winners or losers um
1: Boy, there was there was winners this week. It's, it's, yeah, you know, I like, know. Twenty five minutes of this pod, it was all negative. I didn't realize anyone won. Well,
0: we could have been playing some uh, really depressing music under that. That's how it, uh, tough it was. Yeah, we were talking about all the, the the sadness, but I should have been jumping up and down because Minnesota and Kirk looked unbelievable. And I and I I didn't even get to watch it. I was watching highlights while in, on a wine tour. Look at me being all bougie. But uh, give me a winner,
1: David. Well, my winner is the Houston Texans. Last week, I said the New England Patriots were my winners because there was no contenders in the AFC to topple them for that AFC crown. Well, the Texans might have just proved me wrong. They went to Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs, which actually isn't as rare lately as it has been for Mm. the past decade or so, but that came after they completely embarrassed the Falcons. I really love what's going on in, in Houston right now. And you talk about all in teams like the Rams, boy, the Texans are one hundred percent all in as well. And they're talented at every position. I think they're the second best team, maybe the third best in the AFC. Who
0: would you say second best in the AFC? In is Kansas it just- City. Kansas City?
1: Yeah. I think I think that's close for me. I think, you know, Deshaun Watson is about as close as you can yeah. possibly have for for a quarterback being able to compete with Mahomes. And I just think when you look at DeAndre Hopkins, like that guy changes an offense all by himself. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we have talked about their running game the past few years. They don't have any standout guys right now. You know, Carlos Hyde in there, uh, Duke Johnson Jr. That You know, they got a couple sure. good bodies in there that I think is an improvement over Alfred Morris. And, you know, they, they always have J.J. Watt back on the defense, and, you know, they had a slow start, but I still think they have an above-average defense. That's a good team.
0: Uh, Well, I I think the run defense is pretty good. The only thing that scares me is the secondary. They did look uh, pretty decent against, uh, obviously, Kansas City. I love this offense. Deshaun Watson, I loved, 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 loved coming out of college, and he just in a you know in a nice inspiring player that you couldn't get around like I don't know how you could hate a guy like Deshaun Watson the only thing that I, I remember we talked about this last year was in that playoff game when they were losing by 20 and he picked up a first down and <laughs> pointed I hated that but the run game looked good can't, like I think I'll put them above Kansas City because Kansas City's defense is absolute dog crap they are they're, awful
1: they're terrible <laughs>
0: like- all, they can't stop anything They're going out there and say, hey, Pat, uh, go throw 400 yards and five touchdowns. I think we'll be good.
1: But that's the interesting thing about Kansas City. You you look around the league and you see all these other teams that are going all in. And that's just not Andy Reid's style. I I think, you know, I I can't remember if it was two or three weeks ago that you brought up that dream team uh, in Philadelphia. And, you know, I feel like Andy Reid is just not about going all in at any time. He's playing the long game. And I mean, when you look... At his career and what he is has managed to do with wins and losses and getting his team to the playoffs every single year, the guy's consistent and and it shouldn't surprise anybody that you know they're not willing to go out and trade yeah. two first round picks uh, for an elite defender because you know they think they're a top five team in the league and they probably think they will be for the next decade. And the
0: thing that irks me about that is. How many times have we seen the top defense facing off against the best offense, and the defense kills them every time? Just think of that Denver versus Seattle Super Bowl. Seattle destroyed them. Like It was it was the worst Super Bowl. Maybe this past year was really bad just because it was that low scoring, but it was terrible. And that's the thing. It was just this past year. We saw, oh, here comes Goff, Gurley, McVay against Bill Belichick, who's just a defensive-minded head coach, and he destroyed them. Only allowed three points.
1: And that's the thing. It's a copycat league, right? Yep. And the Rams were held to, what, three points yep. in the Super Bowl? And then you look at Bill Belichick, and what did he do? He doubled down on his strength this year. Like, the the Patriots' fantasy defense right now is outscoring their offense yep. as a whole. Don't, don't be a copycat league and copy the season after mm-hmm. something has worked. Look at what people are doing right now that is successful, and copy that. And clearly, defense is an underrated aspect of the league right now.
0: Obviously, obviously, it's going to be another discussion, but with this Chiefs offense, they have a pretty good offensive line. They've got you know, arguably the best quarterback in football. I wouldn't invest that much money with the receivers. Look at what Russell Wilson can do with Tyler Lockett and a couple third-rounders and undrafted players. Look what Tom Brady does. Look what all these quarterbacks can do Obviously, I only named a few, but...
1: And look at Cleveland, right? If they could go back... Yeah. And, I mean, I still think the Odell Beckham Jr. trade was good. Sure. But when you look at the other talent that they have on that roster, he's almost not being used enough to the point that you're making it worth that, right? So, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, the trades were made in different times, but I think they... If you have one go to receiver, that's all you need.
0: I, I think so too. If you have a lot of guys who are, you know, find a run over the middle and get smoked, you know, a couple of capable tight ends, even I, I do like, you know, seeing running backs get paid. And I it depends where you draft them and how good they are. I would take Christian McCaffrey first overall in the next draft. Like, that's how talented this guy is. And he can do everything. Not a great blocker, but, you know, he can catch and run. But to me, I would build you know, those building blocks. You need your line. You need your quarterback. You need one other weapon, whether it's that running back who can catch on the backfield or your superstar wide receiver or even the Patriots just having literally like Gronk.
1: Yeah, I mean, there he, is no Gronk too, no. right? A guy that's a top five blocker and a, and a top five catcher in the slot. Yeah. I mean, you're just never going to see yeah, that but
0: again. Like, but the thing is obviously it will be a discussion moving forward. If I was Kansas City, trade away Tyreek Hill. Like, I I love Travis Kelsey, and I think that if I was holding on to one player, it would be Travis Kelsey.
1: That's the hard thing for me is when you talk about trading Tyreek Hill. I mean, I've never been a huge Tyreek Hill fan, and lots of times on this show I talk about availability and guys, you know, having off-the-field issues and and how I think that should dampen their value. But Tyreek Hill is on a pretty team-friendly contract when you think about his skill. like If you take away the person he is and everything else and you look at just his production on the field, he's got to be one of the five best receivers in the league. And I think if you built around Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, and Mahomes, I think that's enough. I I would keep Hill unless you got blown away by an offer. He, he's a game changer, man. Like He he spreads the field so far vertically for this offense. It's incredible. Like, I, I've never seen a guy do that. He's amazing. Uh,
0: he He's really good. I think he's maybe a top 10 receiver. Top 5 to me, if you put him on a team with Andy Dalton, is he doing that?
1: If you put him on a team... Uh, tell you what, if you put him on the Cowboys, I think that offense is completely different. If you put him on a team that the quarterback can throw the deep ball in stride, I think he, he'd he be a weapon on any team. Like, I don't think he's the number one or two receiver in the league, but I would put him right at the bottom of that top five.
0: Do you think he's better than Amari Cooper?
1: Yeah, I Oh, do. come on, I David. Do. I know. I, I, I would rather have Amari Cooper because you know everything that i've heard from him his effort he he struggles through injuries he continues to play he seems to be a good locker room guy i like his attitude i personally would rather have amari cooper on my team but if i'm looking at their skill sets mm-hmm. side by side i think there's nobody like Tyree hill in the league
0: i the thing is when i look at a receiver i want a guy who can run every route is fine to go over the middle can you know catch a jump ball can block a little bit too
1: he I mean, what can he? What what of those can he do though?
0: Oh well, first of all, somehow he made that. That's why the you know, Houston secondary scares me. That weird jump ball play. He's a smaller guy. You're right. On a seam, impossible to catch. On a slant, sure. His route running isn't better than Amari Cooper. I'd rather have a guy like Amari Cooper who can still burn you for 200 yards, which we've seen a couple times since he's joined the Cowboys. But let's get back to our discussion of Houston. Right, Obviously, Kansas City, I don't think they're the, the second-best team because that defense is so awful. And that'll be in another discussion where we'll talk about how they should build a team moving forward. Houston, hey, they've got this run-by-committee, ground-and-pound when it's Carlos Hyde, and let's dish it out on the screen a couple times to Duke Johnson Jr. Will Fuller is that deep threat. Right, you have Hopkins who can run every you know single route in the book. We think he's, you and I believe he's one A, one B with Michael Thomas as the best receiver in football. Even the tight ends are helping out a little bit too. Right, Atkins and Darren Fells. I really like the addition of that. Deshaun Watson, right now, we're going to get to MVP discussion at the halfway point. Deshaun Watson is having a better year than Patrick Mahomes, and I, I, if you question that, that's awful.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Now, obviously, Mahomes has been hobbled the last yeah. couple of weeks, so it'll be interesting to see by the end of 16 games which one of these two guys is ahead of each other but absolutely deshaun watson he's electric he he's so much fun to watch and and i don't want to miss a single texans game uh, mm-hmm. you know just just watching the talent that they have is amazing
0: yeah yeah and obviously in the division with indianapolis we sometimes you know we've had the game against oakland where that was a wonky one obviously they beat kansas city yeah you, you know dr jekyll and mr hyde with the tennessee titans the Jags. It's, You know, now they don't even have Jalen Ramsey, right? So they're clearly looking at a rebuild, which is going to be like what their whole entire franchise has been since, you know, 2002 or whatever. But, yeah, I really like Houston. That actually goes on for my winner, too. So my winner was mobile quarterbacks, and especially someone like Deshaun Watson, who I think had two rushing touchdowns in that game, what he can do on the field. You look at what Lamar Jackson did. Over 150 rushing yards, Russell Wilson. We know how how well he can escape that Ravens-Seahawks game coming up this week. Oh, that's must watch TV.
1: Absolutely and and I've been I've been pushing Russell Wilson to start running the ball more in the last couple of seasons, you know. Uh obviously this year he's been fantastic mm-hmm. and that probably is due to like you said not as much talented receivers, but when quarterbacks can run even if it's just the threat of them rushing 30, 40, 50-plus yards a game. When you talk about Lamar Jackson, we're in a whole new league of running. But that just completely, that basically takes one defender away from pass coverage. If you have a quarterback that can scramble, Mm -hmm. there's no way that you're facing off against Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson with at at least having a QB spy or somebody who has you know, a a pass rushing slash running back slash quarterback sneak type of, you know, um, focus, I guess. So it it just completely changes your offense.
0: Oh, 100%. Even Kyler Murray, like the way he's been running the ball too. There's even other, you know, players too. I hope Josh Allen learns to slide a little bit more because he keeps getting banged up. But nobody knew he had this running ability coming out of Wyoming, and it really helps this Bills offense. Look at a guy I hate when the Vikings face the Bears, because every single time Mitch Trubisky play action, oh, there's six yards. Let me go scramble, juke one guy. Oh, I picked up 11 yards for the first down on third and long. And I hate watching that. I just love the way the league is moving forward. And I think some of those guys where they say, oh, he should have switched to a running back. It's they're fading away from that. We're gonna look at this, in, you know, upcoming NFL draft. I think Jalen Hurts the way he's been playing at Oklahoma. It's going to be probably another Oklahoma Heisman winner unless Tua or uh, Joe Burrow just keeps you know dominating. But this is a guy who can move well in the pocket. He's got pretty decent feet, and he can run well, and he knows when he should and shouldn't slide, too. It's a shame Cam Newton's gotten banged up. Uh, Robert Griffin third, I loved, 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 and it's a shame he got so banged up. So if these guys can learn when and what to do moving forward... The league is going to change slowly to that pace. And I love the way, I just love seeing those guys compete. Because, you know, the play is never over. If, there, if someone's chasing Russ or someone's chasing Deshaun, they can always uh, make a play happen out of nothing. So that's going to be must Swatch TV between the Ravens and the Seahawks. But, David, who's a loser for you?
1: It's the NFL officiating mm-hmm. for me. And obviously, on that Thursday night football game uh, with the Patriots and that blown pass interference call where... Golden Tate pretty much uh, got the straight j- jacket treatment uh, on that ball. For, I think it was Jonathan Jones in coverage, and of course they go and review it. They decide no, that's not that's not pass interference. The uh, the officials was correct, and people went people absolutely lost their minds because you know this pass interference challenge was supposed to change things. It looked somewhat promising in the first couple weeks of the season and since then I feel like I think they've only reversed one call in the past 20 or 25 uh challenges so what does the NFL do they just go ahead and they mess up every other possible yeah. call in that Green Bay Lions game like if I'm the Detroit Lions I am beyond pissed off at the way that that game ended and good you know I've mentioned Booger McFarland a couple times on this show and, you know, how this is his first year in the booth and he really had to fight for that that opportunity. Good on him for, for calling BS on that play where basically he forced the replay booth to replay that... Uh, it- Illegal use of the hands yeah, uh, penalty over and over and over because he said in no way, shape, or form should that ever be a penalty and and that's not just the first one that's the second bad one of the game so far so good on him for not giving the NFL a pass but boy uh, they're losers they don't they they can't seem to call one consistent week to the next anymore. Honestly, I I feel a little bit bad for the referees. I I think that they don't even know what they're supposed to call and not call anymore.
0: Well, everyone's kind of blaming Al Riveron, who's supposed to be fixing this. I think the next step forward,
1: and I can't believe we're talking about
0: more technology to this game. You need a camera above where it's Al Riveron watching the whole entire time eventually it's going to be challenging every penalty because the hands to the face pissed me off a ton. And then we saw it should have been pass interference on Marvin Jones going up for the ball, and whoop, no nothing called, and no one even looked at it. And then we have, I think they called too many men on the field for Detroit, in the next play, Green Bay has 13 players on the field, and nothing was called. And the thing that just ticked me off the most, Detroit, like let's say the refs lost this game for Detroit, Detroit could have did, done some other things they're not settled for field goals and Matt Stafford could have played better better you know yada, yada yada was Mason Crosby how dare you you knew your team stole a win from the refs you kick a chip shot field goal and do a Lambo leap are you kidding me
1: my uncle mace baby that's what I like oh there my go. God uh, I mean you know what how much fun do kickers get to have honestly they play 12 seconds a game. I didn't even mind that. Whatever. Oh, like, David! Come on, man. He's at home. He's in Lambo. He, he's happy. He's pumped up. He doesn't get to play the hero very often. Like Aaron Rodgers sucks up so much oxygen in Green Bay that if somebody else can get a little bit of shine, I don't hold that against them. Crosby
0: already got to play hero when he kicked that game winner against Dallas in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. Well, of course I'm. I didn't like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. I, I. The thing. Ah, oh, just drove me nuts. And it always happens to Detroit, which is tough. But, of course, Aaron Rodgers always just complains about everything. And we remember, and I have to hear every damn time when there's three seconds left, or, oh, here comes a Rodgers Hail Mary, because he got grabbed on the shoulder. It was never the face mask. And then, of course, we remember the touchdown of Richard Rodgers. Every single time, every color guy or play-by-play guy goes, oh, there's no one better in the league at this Hail Mary. And it just drives me nuts. God, do I hate Green Bay. So I completely agree. God. Uh, that was tough to watch for me. Uh, another loser is a team in the NFC, and it's going to be Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles. And obviously, you're going to like that. First of all, this secondary is the worst in football. It is it is atrocious. Maybe Tampa Bay's worst, but Stephon Diggs tore your team up. Adam Thielen tore your team up, and Kirk Cousins you made look like the greatest quarterback of all time. And you didn't want to trade away two first rounders to get Jalen Ramsey. Are, I I would give away three or four at that point. That's how bad your team is. Just at that point, your offense is okay, right? You have some you know running pieces. You have some good weapons. Carson Wentz is, I think, a really talented quarterback. Your offensive line hasn't looked as good as they usually do. But your front seven is supposed to be super talented. They're one of the best rush defenses in football. We saw what happened with Dalvin Cook and a- Alex Mattinson. W- why? Why haven't you made that trade? And then, of course, he goes to L.A., so you knew they were looking of not training in the AFC. They wanted to go NFC, and you need it more than any team in football.
1: You know what? I think this is why. And and first off, let's just say, Howie Roseman could care less what we're saying on this program. Yeah. He's got his Super Bowl ring plug in his ear, shout out to uh, Patrick Waugh. Um But listen, you know, I- I'm with you that I think if they would have went out and made that trade, they would have far and away been the best team in this division. So you're right. They probably missed an opportunity there to just take the reins. But to me, this has to be one of two thoughts on Roseman's part. Number one, he either thinks we're already far and away the best team in this division. I don't want to sacrifice two more first round picks to go out and get Jalen Ramsey when I I'm confident we can already make the playoffs. Or, number two, which most football people probably wouldn't admit to themselves, but I probably think he probably figures that team is not good enough, even with Jalen Ramsey, to compete yeah. for a Super Bowl this year, and that's probably why he passed.
0: Well, uh, well I don't think is going to get to a Super Bowl just because of the way their offense looks, too. But, to me, I had Philadelphia winning the NFC. Just because what I'd seen, I think Carson Wentz is going to be back and healthy. Adding Deshaun Jackson, Miles Sanders.
1: And you weren't alone. No. They, they were the popular pick in the NFC, no doubt.
0: And, and we, I think everyone knew they had issues with their secondary. Maybe they'll get to the playoffs because this division is so bad. A- any team they face, it's Seattle. They're going to tear them up because of Wilson. If it's Minnesota, if it's like even though they beat Green Bay, what do you think Green Bay is going to do next time? They're going to say, let's focus on the run. Because that's what killed us last time. And I'm going to throw it to Devontae Adams when he's healthy every single time. Because that is what will hurt this team. And it just... Yeah, I know Howie Roseman probably doesn't care what the hell we have to say. But you had a chance of going back to the Super Bowl probably. Because the NFC seems wide open.
1: At least being one of the two last teams in the NFC. I agree with that. I'm not so sure you know, they'd be super bowl bound even with Jalen Ramsey. You know, I'm not as big on the Eagles as a lot of people are this year. Um, But I mean, hey, you've been getting probably more than anybody expected out out of Howard so far this year. Carson Wentz has managed to stay healthy. You pretty much had the best case scenario so far. The rest of your division is absolute crap. Yeah, they they might have missed an opportunity for another Super Bowl run.
0: Yeah, you know, and you know what, I I shouldn't get so upset about this because obviously I'm not a big Eagles guy because they beat my Vikings in that NFC Championship. But let's talk about another NFC East team, which uh, we just talked about how they actually weren't too bad, but uh, their secondary sucks. So I'll, I'll give my uh, winner for you, and I or not my winner, sorry, my stud. I'm gonna go Larry Fitzgerald, the vet, probably the one of the three or four best wide receivers of all time. And just the way Kyler Murray and this offense has been playing, you're going against, statistically, the second-worst uh, secondary in football. I think Larry Fitz is going to have a field day. This is the best year he's probably had in two, two, three seasons. And he, he's been such a consistent guy. But I, I really like him uh, in this game. And I think Arizona can actually steal one, too.
1: You know what? I love that pick. And Larry Fitzgerald, man, Th- this guy... People talk about Tom Brady, Tom Brady, and the Fountain of Youth. I mean, wide receiver is a difficult position to play, and this guy can play anywhere on the field. We talked about with Bruce Arians how when he started playing in the slot, it seemed to rejuvenate his career. While playing with Kyler Murray seems to have done the exact same thing. I hope this guy plays forever.
0: And, and sorry, do, do you have a uh, a winner or not a winner? A stud, a stud.
1: Yeah. absolutely. This one goes out to my boy Alijahzi Pedromo. I'm taken. Devil Devin Singletary, the Whoa. return of I believe they call him the end the motor. The motor. No, Devin that's a good nickname. Singletary, he's finally back to a hundred percent, and he gets the absolutely terrible Miami Dolphins yeah. as his uh welcome mat back out there. He averaged twelve point seven yards per carry in his first two uh games with the Bills. That might go up after this game with the Dolphins. I'm taking Singletary as a number one running back all day this week.
0: And you know, I love Singletary. How pissed are you going to be if the Bills come out and give six carries to Singletary and 25 to Gore?
1: Not at all, because I'm actually playing Singletary and Gore this week. Uh-huh. Gore's in my flex spot. So, hey, please feed Frank Gore to the ageless wonder, another ageless wonder here in the NFL. I think Singletary and Gore will both get enough action in this game that they should both produce well enough to be uh, running back positions in in your league this week
0: josh allen's supposed to be back
1: correct is he out a concussion protocol i believe so yes yeah i
0: would just you know totally run the rock a little bit let him try some deep throws to uh, john brown i think that's a playoff team in buffalo which is crazy to say uh for i me, got him
1: at 100 to one for the super bowl oh, hey. This year, so, hey there you
0: go for me uh dud i'm gonna say any kansas city running back and the reason for this is because it's on a short week you're facing Denver who had that awful week to Jacksonville. And since then, they've looked really good. They really shut down Derrick Henry the other day. And to me, Patrick Mahomes is banged up. They're going to try and rely on the run. They don't know who their running back is in Kansas City. I thought you went and got LaShawn McCoy because of that reason. Is in you know, He obviously- looked
1: like a stopgap. It looks like McCoy was just a stopgap for them. I mean, I don't know what their long-term plan is, but... Maybe they just looked over to New England and they're like, hey, running back by committee, let's do it. Let's switch it up every week.
0: Running back by committee, if you have you know two or, or three guys, almost like what the uh, they're doing in uh, San Francisco, because that looks really, really good. But to me, it just doesn't make sense. You have Damian Williams, Daryl Williams, Darwin Thompson, who everyone was so high on, and LaShawn McCoy, they they can't figure it out. They don't know who all right who's doing what. And Lashawn McCoy got no uh, catches the other day against Indianapolis. He's supposed to be really good at that. Like everyone knows, he's one of those types of players. That doesn't make sense to me. So I don't know. I think they're obviously going to focus on stopping the weapons of Travis Kelsey and and Tyreek Hill, who you mentioned. But I can't trust any Kansas City running back. I wouldn't start any of them. Even LaShawn McCoy, it, it doesn't really matter. The only people you should be starting in this offense, obviously it's going to be Mahomes every single week if you have him. Kel- Kelsey or Hill? I can't trust anyone. I, I played Sammy Watkins and DeMar- Marcus Thompson for back-to-back weeks. Both got me zero points.
1: The only thing I would be wary about is sitting Damian Williams. Now, I'm not sure he'd be worthy of one of your two running back slots, but I think he's not a terrible option as a flex play he only got two touches uh, against the Texans. He still managed to get a touchdown, and uh, that was on a 14 yard reception. I, I think maybe LaShawn McCoy not getting a catch was a hint that Kansas City wants to hand the rein to Damian Williams. I'm not saying he's going to go off. I'm not so sure he's 100% healthy, but that would be the only one in that backfield I'd be worried about putting on my bench.
0: His yard per carry you know, makes it look like he's not healthy at all, averaging two yards a carry, which is really, really awful, obviously. So that's my dud on the day. Kansas City, I'm not trusting anybody. Could you imagine if they go and lose three straight? Wow because uh, Denver does look better their running game is you know kind of picking up Cortland Sutton's looking like a number one now Ah,
1: yeah, we'll see you know Cortland Sutton great story he's been a surprise so far I would bet all of my pennies which is very few pennies at this point that the Chiefs are going to absolutely roll in this game I, I really? can't see them losing no you, I can't see it
0: you think they roll what's the spread here let me check
1: I don't think their defense is going to be all that great, but I I still think, even with Mahomes hobbled, I still think they can get over 28, 30 points. I think it'll be 31, 24.
0: In at-mile-high spread, Chiefs are three-point favorites. That's shocking. I thought it would be like everyone loves Mahomes in Chiefs offense. I thought it would be six and a half at least.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm taking that spread for sure. I, I think, you know, I don't know how they're going to get it done, but I just have no faith in Denver.
0: Well, no no faith in Joe Flacco, obviously. Their defense is kind of turning it around. David, give me a dud.
1: Well, let's go back to the NFC East. I mean, we've been raining on uh, their parade all day, mm-hmm. so why don't we keep that going? My dud this week, and, and let me just say, I love this guy. Fantastic receiver is scary Terry McLaurin. He faces a tough San Francisco defense this week, and the thing is, they can afford to key in on him. Chris Thompson is banged up. Adrian Peterson is not a threat whatsoever in the passing game. I think Washington could finish with less than 10 points in this game. Although, I do like Case Keenum. I think he's been the best quarterback by far they've rolled out. I just think this defense is too good. And on second and third down, I will be supremely surprised if San Francisco is not doubling McLaurin.
0: Yeah, because I guess they don't really have any other weapons. They have nothing
1: else. They, they're, and I'm pretty sure their tight end just went down as well. Um, so I, I think they have absolutely nobody. Else to pass the ball to
0: that game's going to be ugly. I, I think uh, I I think it's supposed to be Haskins getting uh, first team reps this week in practice. So if he goes out there, are you? If you're Washington, are you? We've we've crapped on Washington enough. You're going to go throw Haskins after you said, oh, you won't be ready for two years against the number one defense in football. Oh my god, that'd be
1: a terrible. Maybe this is a smoke screen. You know, I'd throw I, I, up. This that would be a terrible idea. Terrible.
0: God. Anyways. Uh, Well, I like the pick. Obviously, I I wouldn't start anybody in Washington's offense against the Niners. They look legit. Uh, Quickly, oh, my God, I can't believe you said L.A. might win a division. I was just going to ask you. You said Seattle or San Fran. I can't even ask you that question. But uh, who's been more surprising, would you say? Would you say the Bills or the Niners?
1: The Niners. I I think Hmm. I had a little bit more faith in the Bills only because I I didn't like the Jets or the Dolphins in that division, and I thought they could kind of beat up on some weaker opponents. They've had some great defense, and like we said, you know, like like you said, uh, it's mobile quarterbacks are all the rage this year. And hey, Josh Allen's been fantastic. I wasn't huge on the Frank Gore signing, but I think obviously he's shown his worth already this year. I think the the team that they've built and the personnel they they've put in place is exactly you know, what they need to win in a low-scoring, great defensive style. Uh, I'm pulling for the Bills. I did not have any faith whatsoever in San Francisco, especially when I saw how terrible Garoppolo was in preseason. Yeah. That That's the biggest surprise of the year. And, and I, you
0: know, I, I think so, too. I, I was really shocked with the Niners when people had them making the playoffs. I was like, really? Are you kidding me? But... They do look pretty good, but the Bills look good, too, and that's a good transition to the sleeper. I have tight end for the Buffalo Bills, Dawson Knox. Yeah, this guy, what a name, first of all. He just seems like he'd be a wrestler in the 90s. But uh, numbers aren't crazy, right? So, obviously, he has 10 catches, uh, just over 150 yards, and a touchdown. He hasn't really had Josh Allen 100% there, obviously, with the concussion. But, in most of the games, he gets targeted quite a bit. He had five targets uh, in their last game to Tennessee and only only twelve yards. So that's kind of ugly. But uh, I really see I really see him having a really big game because, of course, it's Miami who really, really sucks. Miami is tenth worst in the league uh, covering the tight end.
1: Hey, that's pretty good for Miami.
0: <laughs> I know. I was really shocked. I thought it was going to be bottom five. But either way, I, I I think he's going to have a pretty good game. Like you said, they're probably going to focus a bit on the run. I think they'll focus on you know the two solid receivers in John Brown and Cole Beasley. So I, I really see Dawson Knox having a, a sneaky game, maybe three or four catches, let's say 50 yards, could get a score, could get in there. I'm a little worried making these sleeper picks because I took Adam Shaheen, another tight end, the other week, and he got me zero points. So. Well,
1: best of luck because I actually picked up Knox a few weeks ago Ooh. because I regrettably drafted the corpse of Jared Cook uh, in a couple fantasy yeah. uh, leagues this year. And I'll tell you what, Knox gave me a whole one point that week. So, I, hey, I'm pulling for you. If, if it's any, if it's going to happen any week, it's going to be this week against Miami. But let's go back to San Francisco for my yeah. sleeper. Why not? Uh, and I mean, people are going to cringe because I know a lot of draft picks were wasted on this guy, <laughs> Dante Pettis. He is all the way down to seventeen percent. Oh, wow! Uh, but last week, his six targets were second behind uh, George Kittle's eight. He couldn't get his feet in bounds on a great touchdown chance, but there should be plenty more opportunities for touchdowns against Washington this week. I'm taking Dante Pettis at seventeen percent. I-, I think he'll. He's got a good chance at a touchdown. I think he gets at least 60 yards.
0: <sighs> yeah, Washington's really bad. So I I was shocked, man. I thought he would have a better year. And then the one that pisses me off the most was that slant. He had a touchdown against the Browns and just dropped it.
1: Yeah, and you can see Garoppolo. Boy, his patience is wearing thin with this guy, like... He's had a couple of those Aaron Rodgers head shakes at, you know, when, when he dropped that ball you mentioned and he couldn't get his feet in bounds last week. And It's got to turn for this guy sometimes, right? Like Talent wins out most of the time, and I think this might be the week.
0: Uh, you, know, so you, you said Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, I want to, uh, before we head out, I want to mention this quickly. You
1: just want to crap on Aaron Rodgers one more time before we go? Yeah, of yeah, course. Perfect.
0: Would you want to play with Aaron Rodgers? Because he seems like a dick. He seems like an absolute
1: ass. You know what? My fingers are pretty bare, and I feel like a Super Bowl ring would look pretty good on there. So yeah, I, I would I would suck it up and I would play with Aaron Rodgers. He's one of the top three quarterbacks in the league still. No matter how bad his attitude, I wouldn't go out to dinner with him. I wouldn't hang yeah. out with him outside of the stadium. But yeah, I'd lace him up and go out there with him. Sure, why not? Oh my! See, he, yeah,
0: he's one of the best quarterbacks ever. Uh, you're mentioning Super Bowl. You realize they haven't been back there <laughs> since, what, 2010? Hey, man, 2011? I've been
1: banging that drum this year. This is a good team. They finally got a defense. They went out and they paid some guys. You know, They stopped just looking in-house and re-signing their own players. I think this is Rodgers' best chance uh, to return to the Super Bowl in quite some time. They
0: should have lost to Detroit, you know that, and they should have lost to Minnesota if Kirk didn't make that the throw. The
1: NFL's not going to let that happen. Yeah, though. Like, yeah, don't you feel I know. like this is predetermined now? Like we can't, We can't pick anybody out of this... Muddled NFC, who were like, Yeah, this is a Super Bowl team. Why not Green Bay?
0: I, I just think to me, there'd be other quarterbacks who, who I'd rather play for. Who, like, you know, I'm not just saying, Oh, I'd want to play if, you know, Baker, he seems fun, even though he's going to destroy my hands and sail it high and get me killed in the ribs. But I just feel like if I ran a route and he overthrew me by a tad, he's already just pissed. And I and I wouldn't be able to handle that every single time. It's like you missed the throw, man. Like I I ran everywhere, you missed it by a second. He wouldn't be able to handle. Can you imagine? Adams coming back and go, buddy, what was that?
1: Absolutely not. No, I can't even imagine it. And I'm sure Adams c- could care less at this point. You know what? I, I'm sure they're all used to it. There, every quarterback has their own personality. I mean, at least you're not playing with Jay Cutler. Like at least yeah. that, you know. At least Rogers wants to win. Uh, he may not be the the most sunshiny teammate out there, but hey, he he's talented.
0: Yeah, Jay Cutler definitely wasn't. But hey, that is another week of pick six, a day where we crap on Aaron Rodgers, Jay Cutler, and the Dallas Cowboys. Always fun, especially uh, when you get to poop a little bit on those Cowboys who are going to go four and twelve. Hey, eh, David.
1: Uh, my watch continues with uh, with the coaching staff here in Dallas. So hey. We'll see, man. Another week, another opportunity to give him his pink slip. He's David. I'm Nolan. The guys will be back next week. Thanks again for tuning in to Pick 6.